Hey guys, just want to take a quick break to talk about Anchor by Spotify. If you haven't heard about it, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Uh, we use it here at Purple Octopus Red Sweater, and it's been awesome. Um, so yeah, let me just explain a couple things about Anchor. Um, they have the best tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Um, this is my first time editing a podcast, and Anchor has made it super easy for me to uh, edit. Um, while hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on all platforms like Spotify, Apple, and uh, much more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So head over to the App Store now and download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. See you guys. Three, two, one. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode eight of the Purple Octopus Red Sweater Podcast. My name is Evan, joined by Wes as always. Wes, how are you? I'm great, Evan. Hope you're well. Doing well. Low energy from you. I don't like that. Yeah, I'll be all right. Okay. Okay. Dash one. Um, I think big news off the top is that the Red Wings are, um, dare I say, a good hockey team. A well-oiled machine right now. Yeah. So, I mean, we talked about this and throughout our time knowing each other and every Red Wings fan knows this is the case that this team did not go into the year um, planning on being a good team, planning on being above 500 14 games into the year or 13 games into the year. But here we are. We have two um, of the brightest stars in the NHL on our team, um, something that we haven't had in uh, decades. So it's refreshing. It feels so good. It feels like I'm dreaming. I'm sure you feel the same way. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. The last time I felt this good was like, you know, Datsuk and Zetterberg were, were buzzing. Right. Like, uh, you know, 2005. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, and – I want to issue a formal apology to you about Vladislav, Vladislav Nemestikov because uh, he that's right. Is... I had that on my list. He's buzzing. He <laughs> fucking goals this year already. Yeah, he looks great, man. Um, I will say, as Vlad is playing better than we thought he would, Michael Rasmussen is playing worse than we thought. So, kind of want to get your take on those two players specifically and then we can kind of branch out from there yeah rasmussen's not playing well at all i mean he's only got six six points six they're all assists doesn't have any goals he's not playing well he has a plus he's one of the i mean about half the team's either a plus or minus and you know it's it's broken up pretty evenly he is a plus one um yeah yeah, he's not playing well. And Nemesnikov has seven goals, sorry, not eight. Seven goals and two assists. Uh, fucking up for the Cy Young already. <laughs> uh, you know, he's a plus three. He's unbelievable. Like, that fucking goal, the first goal he scored against Edmonton was like, where did, you, where did he find that bag of tricks? I thought he left that, like, in Russia before he ever came to the NHL. <laughs> yeah. Like, he was just making moves, and uh, he's making awesome moves, and he's playing well. And uh, give him a fucking extension, Stevie. One year, one million, buddy. Yeah, so that's something we'll talk about uh, later in the show. But, yeah, I mean, at this at this rate, I mean, this team's pretty much out on the chain right. Um, I think, like, as it stands. Yeah, we're heading right more now, towards a playoff. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. And, like, I, I think we're both on the same page here. Like, we're not, we both don't think that this is a playoff team. They're, they're, they had a hot start 14 games into the year. Uh, they're playing well, but also, and we know this too well as Red Wings fans, if, if there's an injury to one of our young guys, like Mo, uh, Raymond, Bertuzzi, or Larkin, uh, this ship's going to sail pretty fucking quickly. So, yep. Yep. Uh, or, uh, or if Bertuzzi uh, misses a significant amount. So, do you remember episode one? I said, what if there's a world we live in? That we're fighting for a playoff spot, we have to go to Canada to either lock up a spot or play a playoff series. What's going to happen? And uh, that might be a possibility. So it, it'll be Still interesting a to see what happens. time away, but yeah. Yeah, right. And we're only 14 games in. Like, we could be, you know, 10 games under 500 after 82 games. You know, obviously the sample size is small, but there are so many positives and um, you know, the young guys are obviously uh, twinkling stars right now. Yeah. I mean, looking at it right now, talking about Bertuzzi, that uh, Bertuzzi's played more than Larkin has this year. <laughs> True. He has. Um, uh, one yeah. thing, if uh, to go back to the game against Edmonton, 
Um, I know McDavid had a goal, but Mark Stahl was keeping Connor McDavid shut down for most of that game. You know, and what's I was funny? really impressed with how Stahl played and the fact that he played that well against the best player on the fucking planet. Yeah, you're right. He did have some good defensive plays, and uh, Danny and he was able to he was able to stay with McDavid. Like you know, McDavid get gonna get past him. Yeah, but a couple uh, times he got past him. Yeah, yeah, but for the majority of it, Stahl was able to stay with him, which was surprising for an older, bigger guy against the fastest player. I mean, Detroit played well, and uh, but yeah, I just I just wanted to uh, shout out Mark Stahl because I thought he played awesome uh, shutting down Connor. Yeah, I mean, talk about another defenseman who, like, I would never would have guessed this, but Danny DeKaiser basically saved the game when we were up by one late in the third. <laughs> Laying down and blocking that shot. So, I mean, um, that's probably his highlight of the year. Um, but shout out to Danny DeKaiser for that. I mean, I like to rag him just because – I don't like to rag him. I shouldn't say that. I do not like to rag him, but it's easy to rag him. Um, well, obviously he's, a he's over guy, 500 but... games played now, so your little thing about him getting dropped after 500 games. You're right. I mean, yeah. But, like, I saw that, like, on social media, and it, it sounded nice, so kind of. Why is that 501 now? Yeah. Also, Gagne. And, oh, congratulations to Gagne on 900. Yeah, dude, he's yeah, honestly playing good hockey. Yeah. I, I'm impressed with him this year. I mean, obviously, he's not the quickest guy or anything like that, but... No, but you know what? Like, uh, I was talking to one of my buddies uh, about Nemesnikov, and he's like, uh, he's like, that's the, that's the secondary scoring. I'm like, secondary scoring? The guy's second on the team, and he's on the fourth fucking line. Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, I, the thing is, though, like, playoff teams are built around, like, those types of lines where you're getting a Vlad, you're getting a Gandhi producing. Like, if, if Michael Rasmussen starts producing, it, they're a playoff team. Yeah. Which is crazy. And also, um, as soon as I said that, I was thinking about goaltending. Goaltending's been great all year. We've had good goaltending. I, the numbers aren't there because the defense has been so bad the last couple of years. But um, Netty is um, number one in save percentage right now. Yeah, for all they, rookie, need, to, they need to lean more on Ned and stop putting Grice in the net. Uh, no offense to Thomas Grice, but right now, uh, uh, you know, Grice is – I mean, you know, granted, they're both playing about the same, but uh, Ned is starting to come on, and they're still going kind of back and forth. They need to just go, hey – but, I mean, maybe it takes Ned, you know, a couple games like they've just won back to back to back, and now they're like, okay, here, now you can take the net. Right. Because I mean, Grice is a good goaltender, but he's a good backup, man. I I don't. You're not a playoff a team if backup. Grice plays 30 games. I see. I, I kind of. I know where you're coming from, but Grice has been really good. Like I, I know he really, has, but when he when he, if he hits that big of a workload, 30, 35, 40 games, I don't think you're a playoff team anymore. Grice can't handle a workload like that. He's he's too. Uh, he's too. I don't want to say he's too old. He's just, he's only a year older than I am. But um, he, he's never really been a starting right. goaltender. I totally agree the fact I'm, like, leaning on Nettie more because they should. Like, he's the goalie of the future. Obviously, like you said, he's coming out of his shell and becoming, like, a great goaltender. Well, it has been a goaltender, you know, last year as well. But I, I think the sweet spot for Grice is 30 games. If you can do, like, a 32-50 split, and uh, Nettie keeps goaltending the way he has been. Like, you, you know, you're going to have around a two seven goals allowed and like a nine oh seven uh, save percentage. Like that's that's kind of like what we need. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The I mean, I hope, well, I hope they can. You know, I hope you're right. Maybe Grace can handle that load. I just don't think he can anymore. But we'll I guess see. we'll see. Who, who who's starting tonight? Do you know? I don't know if that was released Ned. yet, but Ned is okay. Um. I think it's Ned. It should be fucking Ned. I, I do feel like I saw Ned today. Yeah, Nadelkovich against Fukali for Washington. So right, Washington's right. Uh, third string goalie. Yeah, and that team is very injury ridden. Um, I put 10. Oh, yeah. On. Backstrom, Mantha are all at, both out. Oshie's out. That's We're coming at them pretty good. But oh, wow. Uh, What's that? Raymond is injured. Uh, he he skated today. 
Okay, but he's listed as uh, day-to-day, Ronix day-to-day, and Stahl's yeah. day-to-day. Yeah. And, I mean, we talked about it. Honestly, like, one of the three of those guys being out is, like, not great. But, yeah. So, a headline from today from Ansar Khan. He said, Blashell said Troy Stetcher will take the next couple of weeks to see how his injury heals. After that, surgery is an option. Status of Raymond Ronick stall for tonight versus the Capitals determined game time. Um, okay, following so up game with, time decisions. Yep, and then about an hour after that, uh, Lucas Raymond is on the ice for the optional skate this morning. So I'm going to bet on Raymond playing tonight. Um, Stahl and Hironic, um, I, don't, I don't have enough detail to make a call on that, but I would assume one of the two of them skates. If the two of them are out, we don't have two – like if, if Stahl and Ronick are both out, you got Osterley in the lineup – but uh, we don't have yeah. another defenseman on the roster to put in. Yeah, so they might they might skate what five defensemen. Yeah, I mean, that wouldn't be great. Um, speaking of defensemen, I'm I'm impressed with Gustav Lindstrom too. He's been playing well. Uh, his role, been. yeah, and I love his role too, where he's not. They don't need him for 20 minutes a night. They need him for like 16, 17, and he's fluent with the I, puck. I think he skates well. A little bit more. Dead on. I mean, he's, he's, this is uh, a word. Go ahead, sorry. No, I just mean he can uh, he can kind of learn and develop more right at the NHL level. Mm-hmm. Um, while while they don't need him, you know, for for thirty minutes a night, so that's good. Um, I don't I don't think he'll ever be a thirty minute a night guy, but he could be a he could be somebody that's a top four. I mean, he's definitely a top six guy. He's he's an everyday player right now. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. And I mean, yeah. people want to talk about, oh, Detroit shit defense. That's why. Well, Stahl's played unbelievable. DeKaiser has not been playing terribly. Letty has been playing all right. And fucking Cider's the best. Yeah, Cider, like, legitimately, Cider is a top five to three defenseman right now in the league. And, like, um, analytics love most Cider. Analytics also support Gustav uh, Lindstrom pretty well, too. So, I mean, that guy. I think he is probably a bottom pairing guy on like yeah. a cup contending team. But yeah, I mean for right now, like if he's in your top four, it's not the end of the world by any fucking means. So no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think there's a couple other. Yep, Zach Fukali is going to be the goalie. Those are like the big three storylines out of Detroit heading into the Capitals game tonight. Um, <laughs> Oh, sorry, my dog just yelled right into the microphone. <laughs> yeah, sure did. What's up, Stevie? <laughs> yeah, Stevie's fired up. Um, sorry, he might be mooing. If he keeps mooing, we'll cut this. We can come back when he calms down. But All right. for now, we can keep going. Whatever. Um, but yeah, for you, any other big news things? Or do you want to dive into kind of like the free agents um, upcoming uh, this year? Yeah, I guess the only real news is a uh, big thing. Not Detroit, but... Uh, um... Bob Murray resigning in uh, in Anaheim and entering uh, alcohol abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, Rick Nash will have his number retired by the Blue Jackets. He'll be the first Blue Jacket to have his number retired, so that's uh, obviously a well-deserved honor. And also, Pekka Rene will be the first Nashville Predator to have his jersey retired. Love it. So that's uh, all I got uh, like around the league, really. Nothing nothing really big was going on this week. I mean, compared to the first couple of weeks with the Chicago yep. stuff and, you know, all that. Yeah, I was going to say, well, I mentioned it before, but yeah, light, light uh, news week for the NHL. Uh, Rick Nash, though, he was one of the guys I grew up watching uh, with, like, Marion Gabrick. Like, those two guys. Yeah. People like my age, like, those were the, the stars, like, it's so weird to say because looking back at it, it was like obviously an, an anomaly, but the Danny Heatley year, the 50 goal year. The Heatley did 50 twice back to back. Or 50 twice. Yeah, yeah, you're right. 50, 50 yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 50 and 06 and 50 and 07. I just saw the clip of the uh, – someone like stitched it with um, Corey Perry taking warm-up shots from the same spot he scored that goal, like basically along the goal line. The snipe oh, yeah. from the left uh, hash. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we can hop into, yeah, let's go. You want to, uh, talk about it. It was your uh, thing. So if you want to talk about it and go first and, uh, we'll see what you got. Totally. So I actually want to flip the script. So I want you to go first 
because I have like reasoning behind it. And I just want to see if you agree with me mainly. That's like the thing that I really want I kind of wanted you to go first because I still wasn't 100% sure what you were talking about. But Sure. Uh, I'll, okay. I'll break it down real quick. So what we're going to do, we're going to go through um, the guys who are signed through next year first. Kind of just like talk about – well, actually, don't have to talk about them too much. But like where they're going to slot in. So obviously Dylan Larkin's going to be your 1C next year. Oh um, yeah, and Dylan Larkin is uh it looks like finally a legit 1C center. Yes, yeah, he does. It, crazy what happens when you put two good wingers on his wings. So Yeah, yeah, when you got line mates. I mean, look what Abdelkader did on the line with fucking Datsuk and Zetterberg for all those years. Uh, yeah, that that's a good point. I'm surprised no one made that point sooner, but yeah. Um but yeah, so the main part of what we're going to do here is talk about the UFAs that are coming up this offseason. The whole point of doing this is is to see kind of like a benchmark compared to the rest of the league. So like a Robbie Fabry, he's going to be a UFA. Is he a guy that you re-sign for your three, you know, left wing slash center role? Or is he a guy that on a cup team would be like a fourth li- fourth line winger? Uh, centerman, you know what I mean? So we're going to see where, what we have on the table, what, where they could slot in on a good team. And the reason I want to do this is because I've seen a lot of stuff on the internet and like listening to Red Wings podcasts where I think the overall consensus is that online, like the media thinks that we've, we are farther ahead than probably what we actually are. So mapping out our UFAs will be a good kind of like look in the mirror, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So starting at the top, Dylan Larkin, we just talked about him. He, like you said, looks like he could be a 1C. Um, at worst at this point, he's a 2C. Agree with that? Oh, yeah, definitely. But, yeah, it's finally looking like, you know, he's been our 1C for years, and it's finally he's like a legit 1C. A guy who, yeah, drive a line and drive, drive a team as a captain. Uh, yep. Tyler Bertuzzi, he's a top five uh, point getter in the league. Who knows how long that's going to continue? I don't really see signs of it slowing down, but he's definitely uh, a first line winger. Well, as of right now, yeah. Um, uh, Iserman, or Iserman, uh, Larkin Bertuzzi and Raymond, the line doesn't get broken up as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, the way they're playing now, if it continues. Yeah, um, and then Pia Suter is the other guy that I wanted to get to who is extended for the 22-23 year. Um, what do you think – this is like we're, we're going to get into like what I wanted to talk about. So where yep. do you think he slots into on a cup contending team, a team is going to win the cup? Where's well, are we going to talk about a cup contending team or are we talking about where they fit in on the Red Wings next year? Because I don't want you to start jumping and saying that you think the Red Wings are a cup contender next year. No, no, that's not what I'm alluding to. I just okay. mean, I, w- I want to see, like, what we have as a baseline compared uh, to the top teams. I, I got him as my three center next year. Three center next year. Yeah. I agree with that. That's what I have him as well. Three C. Okay. And yeah. then it, he'll play on probably the second power play. Yeah. I don't really pay much attention to who's playing on the power play and all that stuff, but – Fair enough. Uh, but also, P.S. Suter, he's heating up. He looks really good, too. Sorry, I just wanted to toss that in there. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's playing really well. Three goals, three assists so far. Yep. Got it. He, he, him and uh, Vlad are heating up. Uh, next player, Robbie Fabry. Where, where do you think he, he is on a, on a cup contending team? Okay. All right. I don't want to talk about a cup contending team because I don't know. Like, we'll just talk about Detroit because I don't know what you're trying to get at with a cup contending team. Because I'm not talking about Detroit. No, I know. But if you're on a cup contending team, like, it would depend what team they're on, everything. Fabry was a third liner on a Stanley Cup team. So, three years ago, if you want to go there. I'm just going to strictly stay where where I have them because that's all I did. I didn't know you wanted to talk about. Okay, that's that's totally fair. Okay, I don't have Fabry on our team next year. Okay, do you think he gets traded at the deadline, or do you think he doesn't resign? Well, I, uh, if there's – well, I'd obviously gauge the water, but uh, if there's no interest, you know, you're not going to get anything for him. But you'd think he's got to try to trade him instead of walking him away. Okay. I like that. And we'll come back to some of this stuff because I, I have more questions for you once we get through this. But um, 
Vladimir Sakov is resigned. Oh no, sorry, Adam Ernie's next, and he's resigned through uh, next year. Where do you have him? Fourth line wing. Agree. Uh, so either third or fourth line, but um, I have him on the fourth just because of who I have on the third line right now. So I, I agree. I, I think these three players in particular, uh, Suter, Fabry, and Ernie, can slot up one slot in uh, the lineup as compared to what we said. Yeah. So I think, yeah, P. Suter can drive a second line. He's not going to be dominant, but he can, he can drive a second yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want him as your – your, like, not next year. You don't want him as your number two center all year, but he could definitely take the burden for a little bit, yeah. Exactly. Totally agree. Uh, we talked a lot about Vlad. Vlad Moskov is next. Where do you think he would be? I got him signed. He's my fourth line center. Fourth line center. Perfect. I totally agree. We don't disagree on anything yet. Um, which might be a red flag, but also like, yeah, we, we know where this team. Well, is. I didn't. I didn't nix the team too much. I kind of. I I kept the team pretty well together. Um, I brought in a few additions, and uh, that's about it. But I mean, uh, well, there's also not going to be a lot of positions up next year, right? Yes. Because yes. we have a lot of guys signed and a lot of guys who should be making the jump full time next year. So, yeah, I think you're dead on. Um. Michael Rasmussen, he's interesting. He's signed until 24, 25, where he'll be an RFA. Yeah, at least he's really cheap. Um, I have him, uh, you know, right now, now, like, the way he's playing right now, you know, he's fighting for a roster spot, but, uh, you know, hopefully he does something and and starts going after his ceiling this year. I have him as third line left wing. Okay, I had him at fourth line left wing. Okay. Uh, Reason being... This is like a spot where I think that we can grow as a team. If the, if that's the route that Steve Eisman's going to go, I think you do add a third line goal scoring winger. Because this is this is like we're turning the corner. We talk about it all the time, where we need more goal scoring on the back end. This is a perfect place to pick up some sort of a you know goal scoring on that left wing. So, I mean, it could be the other way around where Rasmussen plays really well this year. He heats up. And he's the third line winger, and we go for a fourth line, a grinder type. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Lucas Raymond, we don't talk about him. He's the first line winger until uh, twenty thirty. Uh, low Raymond, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zadina RFA next year. Where do you have him? Uh, right where he is, second line, right wing. Okay, so this is an interesting point because, but that now that is not uh, you know. Um, that now goes to, uh, you know, how well does he play this year? Exactly. Um, he's playing okay right now. He needs to be playing better though. Um, but yeah, I, I have him if, you know, again, I, I'm assuming, I mean, you know, it's, so it's all hypothetical. So I'm assuming the guys do well and what our roster could, should look like or whatever, based on the organizational depth. I think he's our second line right wing. Yep. Um, I honestly think that there's a world where Philip Zidina is not a Red Wing next year. Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of possibilities. There could be a possibility that Philip Zidina is wearing another jersey this season. Yep. Yep. I, I definitely agree. Uh, uh, I you know, and, and if Eiserman can get enough for him, then yeah, see you later. What do you think he fetches right now? Zidina? Yeah. Uh, he's not going to quite get what I got for him in uh, my franchise mode on NHL, <laughs> but uh, uh, I bet you could get um, – I'd be interested, actually, uh, to do, to. Um, I think you could probably send Zadina and uh, and get us to the Rangers and get uh, Vitaly Kravtsov in probably a second. I would, I would, I would do that right now. Yeah, uh, well, they should, but they should probably um, also look at how Kravtsov plays in the KHL because mm-hmm. he does seem like one of these Russians that comes over and oh, I need to be in the NHL. Right. Well, fuck you! If you're not good enough, you're not good enough. Yep, I agree. Like uh, I've been reading a fucking article about Michael Froelich talking about how the Montreal Canadiens ruined his career last year because they signed him and he thought he was going to be playing. And then they signed Corey Perry a couple days later. And uh, 
but the only his only co- he said his only contract offer was from Montreal and Montreal had him on waivers like six, seven, eight times last year and nobody took him. So Montreal didn't ruin your career. Everybody else knows every other team realized you're not good enough to be in the NHL anymore. So don't blame Montreal if they were willing to give you away for free and you're making the league minimum and no other team wants you off waivers. So that you got to, you know, but you got to have to look at Kravtsov and see if he's, you know, is he good enough or is he just a baby? I think you said that perfectly. I think that's dead on. It'll be interesting to see what happens with his career because he'll probably come back um, to North America potentially next year. I'm not too sure, but. Yeah, I think it'll be an RFA after this year, but I mean, I'm sure Chris Drury is also in New York thinking, I'm not just going to give this guy away right now. For nothing. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah, when he was a ninth overall pick four years ago, three years ago. You know what that reeks of? The Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, Nikolai Zherdev. Yeah. Or just all the Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> it just reeks like a signing that they would love with, uh, I mean, Kekalainen probably loves a guy like Kratzoff. Yeah. Uh, next guy is Sam Gagne. Uh, yeah, I mean, if he comes back, I wouldn't be upset. Um, but he's be a probably a press box kind of guy. Um, you know, a guy that yeah. gets in when there's injuries or if a guy's not playing well. Uh, Sam Gagne, I don't think, is an everyday player on the Red Wings next year. I don't have Agreed. him in my lineup, but um, I also didn't make room for three extra players. Like, I just made the four lines in the 60. Um, so yeah, you know, he could be a a player that returns because he likes playing in Detroit. He could be somebody that has made enough money that, you know, at 35 years old, he decides to call it and go to wherever. It goes uh, to Switzerland. Or just retires and moves back home to, you know, or moves to Edmonton or stays in Detroit or moves back to Toronto or whatever. Yeah. Get enough fucking money. I think Sam, Sam Gagne, depending on how the season go season goes, is going to be a casualty of, bringing new guys up or bringing on someone new. So for right now, I'm going to say he's gone. But Gagne could be wanna... – Gagne also could, uh, at, at the the low t- price tag, you know, uh, somebody that a team wants, uh, Stanley Cup, can, you know, a team that thinks they're on the verge could want as a fourth-line center because of his experience. Yeah, and honestly, right now, I think he'd – I mean, you don't get much for him. Uh, conditional sixth maybe, but hey. I was going to say a fourth. Well, okay. But, I mean, either, either way, way. I just meant, you know, not something high, but. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be a first round draft pick. That's for that. Well, no, it's not going to be a second or a third either. But... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carter Rowney, he's gone. I don't have him on my roster. How about you? No. No. Uh, yeah. no and nothing against Carter. He's played, been playing well for Detroit, but yeah, you're on a one year deal. No. Sorry. He's a mercenary. He was brought in for this year and this year only. Yep. And I think Mitchell Stevens is the same. Yep. Yeah. He's a. Guy after... Even though he is an RFA, so he may stick around and be something like I was talking about with Gagne, you know, where he's one of the 23 guys, but he's in the press box. Yeah, and good point, and I think we'll get to it right here. Uh, Giovanni Smith. I think Giovanni Smith and Mitchell Stevens, are one of them are not going to be on the Red Wings next year. Uh, Giovanni Smith is extended until 23-24, so I'm assuming it'll be Smith. Um, I guess we'll see how the rest of the well, yes, Smith has a contract next year and Stevens is an RFA. Uh, I have have Smith as our fourth line left winger. Yep. You have Smith as the fourth. Okay. Got it. Perfect. So 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 my lines look like Bertuzzi, Larkin, Raymond. Um, Oh, well, we didn't talk about Verona because uh, he's hurt, but Verona, Zadina and Valeno I have. Okay. Uh, Rasmussen, Suter and, uh, Actually, I got Jonathan Bergren. Okay. And then I have Smith, Nemesnikov, and Ernie. Yeah, so just after the forward group, it's going to be a good thing to go back around, like, March this time. Or March, you know, this upcoming year and see where the team's at. Yeah. At that point. And, and then, then look kinda... at what we said at the beginning of the season to look at where we are now. Yeah, because Iserman is a guy who's known for moving – players like pretty frequently so i don't think that having 11 out of the 12 forwards being in the organization that they're going to be on the team next year is probably not very realistic but for right now it seems like it is so it'll yeah yeah, it'll be fun to see where they go um 
Moving on to defense. Uh, we have Mr. Nick Letty up first. What are your thoughts on him for next year? Um, okay, he's somebody that I think if Detroit's out of the playoff picture, they deal this year um, at the deadline or around the deadline. Um, but I have him potentially uh, somebody that could, uh, you know, return in free agency. Yeah. I you think know, Nick- it would de- like if, if Iserman saw that he was available and, you know, if, this is of course, if he gets traded, um, you know, if, Le- if Iserman sees that he's available and liked how he was in Detroit and, you know, Letty think with these fucking, and, you know, and then, and then, uh, you know, help cider a little bit more and then Edmondson and, you know, mm-hmm. maybe try, you know, Letty's coming to the end, but he's still got, I mean, he's only 30. He's still got some hockey left in him. So he, yeah, I got him as potentially coming back. Uh, and I have him as our second line, or our second uh, pairing. Second pair, yeah. I had him as, as a second pair as well. I think another guy is going to be like a casualty of depending on how well we do this year. If, uh, yeah. I mean, I think regardless, up to the deadline, if we're fighting for a spot, I think we are going to be like light sellers. And I think the first name on that list of, of uh, players to sell is Nicoletti. Yeah. So I don't I don't think that he comes back, honestly. But if he does, second pair. Yeah, no, he's just somebody that I thought, you know, and if he doesn't go, then I and if he doesn't get traded, then I, you know, Eisenman could be like, hey, you know, he's not gonna make the five and a half he's making now, but hey, here's some two million. Are you coming? Right. And yeah, like you said, like he's a guy that's gonna be an awesome uh mentor to Simon Evanson. Um and also more excited because he is still going to be a 22-year-old kid who's playing in NHL. So, yeah. I mean, that the veteran leadership never hurts anybody. So, yeah. Um, next guy, Danny DeKaiser. You, you can take this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm assuming he retires after this season. Yes. Yeah. He's – I think that's probably the best thing for him. And, yeah, he's not going to the team next year. You know what? He played a lot of good hockey for the Red Wings for a long time. Yeah. And uh, he had a lot of fucking injuries, man. Uh, you can only break so much. Yeah. And but I'm for he, a hell of a career for an undrafted kid out of Western Michigan. Yep. I mean, I love the guy. He's an absolute rocket, too. Like, I wish him nothing but the best, but he's probably not an NHL caliber defenseman as we speak. Well, he's definitely not. But. Yeah, his 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 time's over, and he's got enough money that he wouldn't need to go keep toying around the minors just to get a fucking paycheck. I mean, he's probably made fucking thirty million. Sheets, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, I think he retires, and then I don't think he would want to go because he's a Detroit kid and was a, you know, wasn't drafted anywhere, came to Detroit, only played for Detroit. I could see him just going, okay, yeah, I'm not going to go anywhere else. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next on the list is unless he wanted to stay in Grand Rapids and fucking play down there or something. If you wanted to, that would, that would honestly be great for development and like, you know, a player. Well, yeah, he would be a good defenseman in the jungle. Right. He's he's not an NHL defenseman, but yeah, he could be good in the AHL if he wanted to stick around and go to Grand Rapids. That'd be cool. Yeah. They've let fucking Brian Lashoff do it long enough for fucking like 13 (laughs) years. I felt like Jesus Christ. Uh, felt like he's still there man yeah feels like i should say yeah yeah uh next guy is philip heronic he's obviously extended for a while till 24 25 Uh, where do you have him slotting in uh second pairing with letty and uh letty or the uh free agent that i've picked up for us okay which which i'll get to at the end beautiful excited about that part excited not to that um agreed though Phil Peronic, the last couple games, he's playing a lot better. Like, he looks like a pretty competent NHLer. Like, I'm not he's sure. Not, he's-, he's, not getting, he's not getting to his potential fast enough, but he only does get better and better and better. Like, yeah. he's, not, he's yeah. not getting better by leaps and bounds, but he's getting better. And, he's and again, you know, he's only a 24-year-old guy. It's only his third year in the NHL. And he's yeah. a and he's a, a a young defenseman that came into a fucking shit team that had and he was one of the better ones. Yeah, and like this is something we've talked about before too. Like him and Rasmussen got the very short ends of the stick. 
in our uh, franchise and development wise. So, I mean, I think Phil Perotic yeah, because they both hit. came in right and were like, "Hey, you're you're in." Like they 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 never they had no they had no business bringing Rasmussen in on his draft year. Oh, I totally agree, and that's like the biggest mistake because that uh, he he played well, but not well enough to continue to play all season. And and I mean, you know, I like Rasmussen, but yeah, eighteen points in a sixty-two games. Yeah, he should have been sent down after his nine games. I agree. And yeah. they should have put him it back in the WHL and let him just fucking rule the Western Hockey League. But there is like a world where Michael Rasmussen's a Red Wing for life, and like he can win cups with us. He's going to be a fourth line, third line guy, but not like. I, yeah, I mean, I got him on our third line, and I. Uh... You know, he that's that is what he's going to be. I don't think he's going to hit the potential where he's a second, a top six player, but he's a he's a top nine player because he's you know he's one of the he's cut he's the bottom six, but he can move into a role for a time, like we said earlier with a couple other guys. You know, like with Pew Suter, we said he could he could take a second Slot line up. shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, he's not an everyday second liner, but yeah, I agree. Um, and then the next guy on the list is Mark Stahl. I don't have Stahl back again. Um, I don't know if Mark, uh, maybe Mark Stahl retires. Um, that's kind of what I assume. Uh, he's played a long time. And um, again, not to take anything away from him. He's made a pot boatload of freaking money. Yeah. You got a family, man. You got kids, uh, you know. 17 years in the NHL is a good, is a long call it, you know? Agree. Um, see, and this is like a point I wanted to bring up and I'm glad that I remembered it, but Danny DeKaiser and Mark Stahl being named assistant captains, that kind of smells to me like either A, they're going to be dealt. I don't think you're going to deal DeKaiser, obviously. You, you, you can't trade him. But Mark Stahl might be dealt. And well, Mark not, Stahl would be somebody that's trade bait at the deadline. I, I 100% agree. Yeah. Kaiser is not good enough to that a team would, you know, hey, we can get this guy and he can he can play for us down the, down the, uh, down the road to the playoffs. Uh, you know, in the push, uh, Stahl can. DeKaiser can't. Right. DeKaiser could. DeKaiser wouldn't help you. Mark Stahl can still help. No, DeKaiser would hurt you. He wouldn't help you. Yeah, and I, I mean. Think- for what, for what, you know, a seventh round pick or something, just fuck it. I, I or Stahl would fetch you something, maybe like a third. Stahl might get you a, yeah, like a fourth or a fifth. Or, but, you know, he could be packed in with another, uh, you know, as a piece in another trade or something. But, but I just want to bring this point up, like that I was going to make, that it's not very Iserman like to name two assistant captains and they don't come back the next year. No, but it's a young team and it's an inexperienced team and they are two of the most experienced guys. Yeah, in that vein, though, why wouldn't you give Sam Gagne an A? I don't know that he expected Gagne to play all season like he expects to Kaiser and Stahl to. And also, you know, maybe maybe, all year is but maybe. Maybe it's and it's further beyond just hockey. Maybe DeKaiser and Stahl are just better with the guys, you know. Yeah. Not saying that Gagne is not good, but I'm not in the dressing room and I don't hang out with them. I don't know. That's fair. That's yeah. a good point. It just seems I just don't like the smell of that. Yeah, well, you never know. Yeah, you never know. And I'm also an idiot, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, we're not Steve Eiserman, so true. Uh, I don't... <laughs> no, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no! I just I was gonna say something, then I kind of just forgot. I don't know. So okay, we'll continue. Little, little brain fart. That's okay. So we got Troy Stetcher. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Troy Stetcher. Yeah. What do you think about him? Yeah, I don't have him on my team. See, I same thing with me. It breaks my heart because I I think that guy is a good hockey player. He yeah, just, I think he is too. But uh, I don't know. Good. I, uh, I, I don't. I don't love him. I like him. He was one of our best. He might have been our best defenseman last year. He was the best defenseman last year. But uh, I don't know. I not a not. I don't love him enough that he needs to stay around. I don't think he's good enough that it's like we gotta hold on to him with right. guy, the guys that we have in our system because we have some good young defensemen. 
Yeah, and like a big point about like episode one, two, and three is like what happened to Troy Stetcher? Like, why isn't he playing? Uh, obviously, it comes out now that it was probably injury injury related, but the fact that this guy isn't like posted to your top four kind of says a lot. Yeah, and if if the injuries keep happening, if he doesn't play a ton, I don't think he gets traded. I think he just kind of goes into the night, and he ends up somewhere in Europe next year. To be honest, yeah, it could be. But yeah, I guess we'll see. Be. Uh, next guy, Jordan Osterley. He's got another year in his contract. Um, yeah, I have him in as, uh, you know, uh, an extra a seventh defenseman. I have him getting traded the deadline. Yeah, that could happen too. Um, just for the sake of him being under contract, I just I kept him in as a seventh defenseman. So, yeah, and again though, like a lot of these teams that are going to need. Um, defensemen don't have cap space and his uh cap it's like 1.35 so like easy to move but not the easiest to move so i guess we'll see if there is like demand for maybe like a new york uh in islanders front or a team like that who kind of just like needs like a 70 heading into the postseason for their roster uh, besides that though he's going to be here next year and that's not the case yeah yeah uh, Mo Sider, he's your one, he's your one defenseman. He's uh, Norris uh, caliber. Defenseman. Yeah, he's my my Grand Rapids captain. No, yeah, no, he's my he's my number one sign. He's my number one defenseman. He's on my first pairing, and he's with his fucking. <laughs> I have him right now with his fucking twin tower brother, fucking Simon, Simon Edmondson. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, the reason I didn't comment on the Grand Rapids thing as soon as he said it was because I was taking a drink of my. <laughs> But yeah, well, I, I mean, hope that... you knew that I was kidding. Obviously, oh, obviously, yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. AHL unless it's for conditioning. Yeah, he's the best defenseman in Detroit since uh, Lindstrom. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then speaking of Lindstrom, Gustav Lindstrom, last guy on the list. What are your thoughts on him? He's on my third pair. Yep, third pair. Exactly. Let him settle in. Let him get like eighteen minutes a night. So I have him on my third pair with Jared McIsaac. Oh, you think McIsaac makes the leap next year? I I hope. I hope too. I uh, I do think he's good enough. Uh, I think he's been playing very well in Grand Rapids, and to be a guy that could could probably contribute fifteen minutes a night in the NHL. Fifteen that next okay. next year. Next, yo, yeah, he's. A, I mean, he's a third pairing guy. He's not playing, you know, major minutes. Fifteen twenty. Oh yeah, minutes. no, f- fifteen was like a. I was agreeing with you. Fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah that sounds. It's a nice. Yeah, like that's a guy who like he'll make an impact when he has less of a role. That's who, that, that's who he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then two goalies, real quick. We already know where one's going to be, but I mean, Thomas Grice, honestly, is a big question mark. I mean, where do you think he is next year? I have him as a question mark to return as the backup. Um, Ned's obviously my starter that I've written, but yeah, I, I just got Grice. Maybe like, I, I, I'm not going to be upset if he comes back. Um, but you know, uh, I like him, uh, but you know, I'm not going to be heartbroken if he leaves. Um, thank you. You came in, you did your job. You know what? I liked Grace for a long time. And I, you, I, I always said, you know, uh, yeah, Detroit should pick him up as a backup. Detroit should pick him up as a backup. And I said it for years and they finally did. And I was pretty happy. Um, but you know, he's came, he's done his contract. Uh, you know, if he goes off somewhere else, that, and then, you know, good for him. And if he stays, uh, more than happy to have him here. Perfect. So, uh, Netty obviously is going to be uh, probably our one goalie next year, depending on who comes back. I don't think there's going to be a goalie that we pick up who's going to be, you know, the guy in net, the Red Wings. No, I have a, I have written two names down of guys that we could pick up as backups, that guys that could be possible that'll be unrestricted this year. Um I there is also the possibility that it's Calvin Pickard, but I don't believe oh, so. God. I really I, don't I believe so. Um, so the two I've written down that we could potentially sign for, uh, you it's know, that would, that would be that would be improvements. I think on Grice, um, and definitely, at, and at least they wouldn't be a downgrade to Thomas Grice. Um, either David Riddick or Pavel Frankuz. Okay. 
Oh, so with Frank Ku, he's technically a rookie, right? Um, he for could Colorado, be. I'm not sure. That would be interesting to see. Having two, well, he's he no, he's 31 years old, so he can't technically be a rookie. But he's also played too many games in the NHL. God. He played 34 <laughs> games last season, so that's too many to be qualified as a rookie. But, yeah, he's also 31 years old. Got it. Okay, so Frank, who is, like, one of your guys? Who was, who was the second name again? Sorry. Uh, David Riddick was the other one I said. Oh, Riddick, okay. Okay. Not that I'm super high on these guys. Uh, I, I do like Frank Coos, and I have nothing against Riddick. But I just thought, you know, they're two guys that are unrestricted that are about around Grice's caliber. And, like I said, probably a little bit of an upgrade from Thomas Grice. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair to say. Um, and then this is, yeah, I'm excited for this. Who are like the, the guys you're going to bring in if you were supervising them? Okay, so, um, oh, I think I just had the one, the defenseman. Okay, um, who is it? So if Letty doesn't come back, I go after Keith Yandel. Oh. Okay, also, I have a point of contention with uh, Frank Koo. Okay. I opened some hockey cards today. Went to Target, bought a, bought a box of cards. I'm a huge uh, card guy. Yeah. Pablo Frank is a rookie card this year. Oh, well, that's funny. So he's played 36 games total. Is that what, You said that, right? Yeah, and he played 34 last year, and you can't play 25 or more in a single season. But it you also be. can't be over 25 years old to win the Calder Trophy. Sure, but... And he's 31. <laughs> right. But, I mean, okay, so he was not a, a, a rookie in the sense of being able to win the Calder, but maybe he didn't have a card last year, so this would be his rookie card? Could be. That's the only thing I could really think of. I just sent you the picture, actually, so you can see that I'm not just making this up. But <laughs> just uh, yeah, I don't you. know. That is strange. Um, St. Louis. One thing I wanted to say was, um, uh, give me one second to uh, bring it up. Um, yeah, no worries. Take your time. Just, uh, the only reason I'm going to talk about it is because of Kosa, Sebastian Kosa, who's down in Edmonton. Uh, you know, like we talked about a lot. Lighting it up. Or he's St. Louis just St. Louis though. just sent. What's that? Nothing. Sorry. Yeah, he's he's on. not getting lit up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. Louis just sent Jake Neighbors, their first round pick from 2020, back to Edmonton of the WHL after his nine games in the NHL. So that's a big boost that Edmonton will be getting. So fucking go on a run, Oil Kings Coast. Please, buddy. That I mean, would he be, could be great. For he could be somebody like. Kosa could win a fucking Memorial Cup this year with the way Edmonton's fucking rolling. That'd be great. I mean, having our goalie, our 18-year-old, like, future of the franchise goalie win a cup like that, that'd be awesome. Okay, I see this rookie card, yeah. Isn't that weird? It's funny. I like that he's a fucking uh, weird, weird, silly side catcher, too. Yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Southpaw guy. You know, uh, I do you remember Jose Theodore when uh, during the outdoor game when he wore the fucking toque on his hat on his uh, helmet, the Montreal Canadiens toque. That was Theodore. Yeah, I do remember that, but like I didn't think it was Theodore. And, and Theodore was a. Uh, I mean, fuck, that's a long time ago. You would have been real young because I'm talking about when I'm in high school. So I'm going back to like 2003 here. I've seen like the the uh, like picture. Yeah, of it. but uh, and Theodore was the southpaw. And we, I was in a uh, high school hockey tournament up in London, Ontario. And uh, it's like the biggest tournament in all of Canada. I don't know. There was fucking like hundreds of schools at this tournament um, from all over the country, some from the States. So anyways, there was uh, on the Saturday of the tournament. Um, so once all the regular tournament games before you went on to the playoff games, there was like a break in the afternoon and they, every team, every school picked a shooter and a goalie and there was a shootout and they would go you know and oh you gotta you score and then the, the goalies get eliminated and players get eliminated and well yeah. there was this there was this goalie from uh, Quebec high school 
and their jerseys were the exact same as Montreal jerseys, but they had a bit of a different logo. And he was a Southpaw catcher. And during this shootout thing, he wore a fucking Montreal toque on his, on his Montreal awesome. Canadians painted style helmet. And because he was, a, and like this kid was standing and we had uh, the, the kid we had shooting for us was like one of the top goal scorers in AAA, And uh, he was just fucking unbelievable. And he got stopped by him and he's like, and uh, he scored one on him, but then the, then he, he got stopped like three or four times by him. And he's like, this fucking bullshit. He's like, I think that's actually fucking Theodore in net. He's like, I can't get nothing <laughs> by this son of a bitch. He was just pissed. That kid, he, the kid went on to win the fucking thing as the goal, the best goalie in the, in the tournament for the shootout thing. And it was like, okay, is he Theodore? Like, is he just happens to be that good? Yeah. Now I'm thinking um, maybe it was Pavel Frankus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, except he's yeah, from the Czech Republic. Right I thought he was French. But he's from That's the Czech funny. Republic. So it probably was not Pavel Frankus. Could have been like Michael Hutchinson or something. I don't know. <laughs> Trying to think of uh, silly silly side goldies in the NHL. Yeah. Got that a would be around my age. but Frank-o. Yeah, that's why I kind of thought he was French. But I guess uh, Pavel should have given it away. <laughs> true. Did you take French in like high school and shit? Uh, we have to take it every year in grade school, and then you have to take it at least once in high school. You have to take it. You have yeah. to take it. You have to get a credit for uh, French uh, in grade nine. Gotcha. So whether you whether you fail it three times and you're still taking it in grade twelve, you have to get that credit. Mm. Yeah, I mean, last thing we can do. I mean, we have time. It's only been forty something minutes. We could do the uh, announcers real quick if you want to like rattle off your you're five. Like I have, I have my one, two and three. That's all I have. I only have three. All right. I'll go, I'll go with my three then. Um, okay. Now I got to cut it down to three. See, so go, go with yours and give me a second to try to cut mine down. Okay. Let me, hold on. Let me dial. Cause I actually, I, I had, I had five as well, but I kind of want to, I don't know if it, Okay, so number three, I don't know if this counts, but I'm going with Don Cherry. Yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, yeah, he's not really like a play by play guy, but he's definitely a hockey commentator. So, yeah, Yeah. he counts. I mean, to say he doesn't count is. Yeah, it's like like a guy. I mean, I I have Don Cherry down too. How can I fucking not? I'm a Canadian. If I didn't put him down, I'd fucking probably be fucking kicked out of the country. They'd take my fucking passport and shit. The reason that I love Don Cherry so much is because, like, I grew up with him on Hockey Night. So, like, everyone who's listening to this, like, Don Cherry was, like, the guy, right? Yeah. The the best suits, like, in all of sports. There's no question about it. Biggest personality. The guy's a fucking legend. Um, number two, this might be one of yours, too, but Mickey fucking Redman is a legitimate superstar I got him. He's on my fucking list, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So, the, so there's only one name on our list that's different. <laughs> yeah, you know, on our my list number of three. One, you know my number one. As an American, you have to pick Mike, Doc, the Doc. Emmerich. And he as is... a Canadian, I got to go with the all-time greatest. Fucking puts Bob, Doc Emmerich in a fucking hole. Bob Cole. Bob Cole, yep. I'm looking at his picture Bob, right Bob now. Bob Cole, to if you're a fucking Canadian, is the greatest announcer. I mean, I think back to uh, like I first time I really remember like a big game with Bob Cole. Like you know that I re- that I remember everything about was the the O2 gold medal game Canada in the U.S. with Bob Cole calling it for Canada on you know in Canada. Uh, just the way he would fucking like he brings guys like. Sackett had a breakaway, and Bob Cole was like, it's a breakaway. It's going to be a break. It's Joe Sackick. Scores! <laughs> Joe Sackett! Yeah, yeah. So, as an American, I didn't, I didn't get much of him at all. Well, no, because is... he's, he was a Canadian. Yeah, Montreal and Toronto and, you know, uh, Hockey Canada. So, we would get Hockey Night in Canada games probably once a month. Like when ESPN had um, hockey. Yeah. So probably like, what, seven years ago, eight years ago at this point? You would well, get Bob ESPN Cole. didn't have hockey since the first lockout in 05. Is that, is that how long it was? Yeah, that's how long it's been since ESPN last showed hockey. Holy 
fuck. It's they been dumped the NHL days. when the NHL missed a whole season, and ESPN never looked back until now. Yeah, well, there you go. I, don't, I'm, I am happy that they have ESPN. I'm coming around on ESPN hockey. ESPN sucks. TNT is better. Yeah, of course. But, I mean, for the Amer- like I said, I made this point before. For the Americans, like ESPN Plus is incredible because you get every game every night. Okay, here's my beef with it, and I don't care. Not that I care a lot because it's not affecting me, but outside of ESPN Plus, ESPN has not showed an NHL game this year. Yeah, they have. When last night? Then they did. They did uh, New York versus um, who did they play? New York versus uh, New Jersey. Okay, well, it must have just been in the last couple of days. It was. Uh, it was like late October. It was before November struck. It might be like the uh, Halloween game. And, but it was on an ESPN, like a regular ESPN channel? Like, yeah, the 7.30 primetime. Oh, because I was just reading something that ESPN hasn't shown a game yet, except for on ESPN+. Plus. Maybe it might have been ESPN2. I don't know. But I know for sure because it was the only game that was on my girlfriend's TV when I was in uh, Iowa. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Well, then yeah. I'm fucking wrong. Dash fucking two for me. I I mean, that's ESPN two is like obscure. That's like, you know, like the back burner. But the sad part is, is that fucking hockey's always going to get that back burner on ESPN, which sucks. Yeah. One thing I wanted to go on, I don't know if you had heard it. Um, I just, I just saw it again. Um, Scott Wedgwood coming into Arizona. Yeah. We talked about it. The, the stat. Yeah. We, but, 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 oh, did we talk about the stat? Yeah, last podcast, yeah. Oh, I didn't think we did. Okay, yeah. That's that's just crazy. Also, the losing coach in both of those games was Dave Haxtall. He, oh, he I did was not know the coach that. of that's the Flyers, crazy. and he was the coach of Seattle. That is crazy. That's oh, crazy hey. to have the same record, the same goaltender, and beat the same coach. Right, with the same record, too, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you, so – like, obviously, I grew up in Chicago, so I watched, like, a ton of Hawks games. And uh, going to announcers, I should, I should preface that. Pat Foley. Do you know you know what Pat Foley is? I know the, who he is, yeah. What a save! That guy? Yeah. Do, do, you, do you think he's good? I don't really care much for it, I guess. Yeah, that's kind of... You know who I always loved was Rick Janeret, the Sabres radio guy? I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. I can't put a figure out. La, 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 scores. Pat. Oh, yeah. La, yeah, la, yeah. la, 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 Fontaine. Yeah, yeah. Mayday, mayday, mayday. I actually just listened to, like, some of the best calls of all time on the NHL because I was getting ready for this, and he, that was one of them. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was going to say about Pat Foley. I grew up, obviously, like, hating that team, like, so much, like, to the core. So, like, every time that Pat Foley said, like, what a save or go, Patrick King, whatever the fuck he was saying, it yeah. kind of, like, broke my heart. But now that I'm looking at it, like, he, he is pretty good. But yeah. um, leading into that, I was going to say, Mickey Redman and Ken Daniels, those guys are awesome, man. I don't, they, they don't get enough love. No, they don't. And I mean, Ken, they've been doing it for a long time. Daniel's been doing it, I think, since like 97, I think, with the Red Wings. And he was on Hockey Night in Canada before that. So, yeah, Ken Daniel's yeah. been doing it. I mean, and, and, you know, being Red Wing fan guys, we're obviously Mickey Redman, but yeah. Fucking bingo, bingo. He's one of the best. Yeah. He's unreal. And like, he's a guy. It's, it's kind of funny, like, nowadays, because like the way the world's evolved, but like, he's so out of touch, like, with like, not reality, but like you know, current times that like oh, you can just listen to him. Oh, dude, he's so out of touch, man. Yeah, yeah, he is. Oh, I think you said really. No, I said who, Mickey. I didn't know if you were still. Yeah, I, yeah, Mickey. I kind of Mickey. fucking just zoned out for a second. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, I'm. There's also there was also a guy in Pittsburgh that fucking I I don't know if he's still there. I don't know what the hell his name is. I can remember when. when uh, like when Crosby and Malkin were first coming in, there was one goal Malkin scored, and he was like, "Oh, make me a milkshake, Malkin." That's awesome. That's <laughs> and uh, there were one for Crosby was, "Oh yeah, slap me silly, Sydney." Oh, and then like and then that. he scored. Uh, Crosby scored the a shootout uh, winner against Montreal in Montreal. I think it was his first game, maybe not his first game in Montreal, but uh, because it was his second year because Lemieux wasn't playing anymore. 
and uh, he scored the shootout winner. And the guy was like, now take out the C in Pittsburgh, Mario, because Sid isn't a kid anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, just Uh, funny, stupid shit. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Make me a milkshake Malkin? Like, what? You just, you know, try to rhyme shit. It's just funny because it was like, what are you talking about, buddy? Yeah, I do like the the milkshake Malkin thing. That's kind of good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but one last thing about announcers. So you're obviously you're Canadian. I'm American. I get quite a bit of Jack Edwards content in my life. The okay. announcer for the Bruins. And like, I, I've texted you about this. I fucking hate that guy. I think most of the country does. Unless you're a Bruins fan. You probably still hate him if you are a Bruins fan. Well, fuck, I don't even think worst. RA likes him. No, no one does. He's the <laughs> fucking worst. Yeah. Ah, and like, I had to watch that game when we played Boston. Uh, when I was in Iowa, he he did kind of pump the tires of the Red Wings and Steve Eiserman. Like he, you know, talked about Mo and Raymond, and he actually talked about Edmondson too a little bit. Yeah, um, that's the only positive thing that I've positive thought I've had for him in like 15 years of listening to fucking Jack Edwards. Like that guy's. Ugh. If if you get like the opportunity, you should just go watch like a random. Uh, Boston game and just like listen to this guy. He he like just yells into the void about nothing. Oh yeah, talk- he, he's he's out of control. That guy. He is. He really is. What? Hey guys, we're gonna call it there. Um, me and Wes again dipped a little bit too much in the old booze jar, so we're gonna call it there. But a uh, quick game recap: Red Wings uh, lost two nothing to the Capitals last night. Pretty boring ass game. Not a whole lot going on. Um, I don't think anyone was really that great or really that bad. It was kind of just a lackluster, uh, boring-ass game. So uh, we move on. Uh, Game tomorrow night, and we will see you guys then. But in the meantime, let's go Red Wings.